Hey everyone, welcome to the College Football Rundown. I'm Woj. And I'm Walt. We've got a good slate of games coming up uh, this weekend. We have an uh, interesting one, which hits me hard. I'm sure Kyle too. Iowa versus Iowa State at 3 o'clock on Saturday on Fox Sports 1. The Hawkeyes, it's game day, Walt. It is game day. I, game day is coming to Iowa State, Ames. You know why they're coming too, Woj. It's it's not because of Iowa State. It's because of the Hawkeyes. Well, yeah. I mean, this is like this is NFL style football for them. This is the biggest game in Iowa all year. It's it's always a, a big turnout, big crazy hype. So uh, it's cool that Game Day picked up on that. There, it's the first Game Day in Ames. And just for reference, Iowa isn't Iowa State isn't ranked. Iowa's ranked 19. Uh, you know the. You go back in time and, and look at all the game days. Uh, when was the last time they went to an unranked game day? Or wh- when was there a last, last an unranked game day? Uh, you take away the Army-Navy games, which they do every year, the FCS games and the neutral field games. They did last year. They went to Texas A&M for the number two Clemson. Remember, that game was close. It was 28-26 Clemson. And before that, you'd have to go all the way back to 2014, when they went to an unranked USC that was playing Stanford, which was number five at the time, uh, USC actually won that game 20-17. to 17. Hey, it's a big rivalry. Like you said, they recognize it. Battle for the Cyhawk Trophy. Obviously, you and I watch this every year. Now the rest of the public, the nation's going to get to watch it. I hope they're exciting, excited for it. Iowa's won the last four meetings, Woj, just whooping up on Iowa State the last four meetings. I mean, the way that Iowa wins this game, I think, is to make Brock Pur- Purdy, the uh, quarterback for Iowa State, uncomfortable. You know, they've only played one game so far this year. It was against the University of Northern Iowa, and they went to three overtimes. And he really didn't get pressured at all, didn't have to scramble, didn't really have to do anything. The University of Northern Iowa line wasn't as strong. Um, so Iowa just needs to get in there and pressure him, make him scramble, get him uncomfortable. He's I mean, that basically it. I, I think if Iowa can do that, they win. Um, Iowa State wins, I think, by edge rushing. You know, if they are scrambling, get to the outsides. Iowa struggled on edge rushing, and it, it's been a – they've always done that. They always struggled. Their linebacker core isn't as strong as it has been in the past. Um, their line, however, is very good. The only other thing I could think of if Iowa State wants to win is they just steal all of uh, Coach Ferentz's bubble yum. He chews three packs a day wall. <laughs> well, I, I like that theory. I don't, I don't think it's going to help him with the game, but I know what you're talking about because Ferentz, you see him on the sidelines. All he's doing is he's blowing those bubbles, chewing his gum. Very little emotion out of him, but that's how you expect a good coach, someone who's been there as long as him to be. Just focus on the game. But I, I really don't think taking his bubble gum is going to help Iowa State, but they need whatever they can to help him. I, I know that we want to talk about Iowa State and Iowa the whole day, but we can't, obviously can't. we got a lot of fans that are looking forward to other games. This weekend, I'm going to disagree with you a little bit and push back. I don't think it's a good weekend for games. There is another one I found, though, North Carolina at Wake Forest. Mac Brown coming back, North Carolina, coaching again. He's got them 2-0, sitting 2-0 right now. Nobody thought anything in North Carolina at the beginning of the season. Now people are starting to take a look. While Wake Forest gives up a ton of yards, in the first two weeks, they've given up 416 to Utah State and 254 to Rice. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but North Carolina is the underdog in this, correct? 
They are. They're a three-point underdog currently, moving a little bit, but okay. they are. Okay, so Wake Forest, North Carolina has been make, putting yards out there. 416 versus Utah State and 254 versus Rice. That's the same Rice team that a week before could only move the, the ball 62 yards versus Army. And they just blew away Wake Forest with yards. So, I, man, I I like Mac Brown's chances of going 3-0 and with a North Carolina team. 3-0 and wall. That would be something, and that'd be something that Mac Brown can hang his hat on. Because, like I said just a couple minutes ago, no one expected anything out of North Carolina coming in this. And Mac Brown's got his players playing in a team that everybody's looking at right now. I I don't know, which I I might have to do him for a pick'em. I'm undecided right now because I get to the end of the episode, but I'm really leaning towards them for a pick'em. If you don't take them before I do. Well, we'll see. I'm I might have to sneak it. I I have another one I'm thinking about, but. Man, that one sounds juicy. I like Mac Brown's chances there. College football playoff weekend, Wall. Well, that's what I'm calling this weekend because there are no good games. There's no – I shouldn't say that. It's college football. I love watching all the games. But there are no ranked teams playing ranked teams. And you know why? Because of the college football playoffs. With those four teams getting in at a chance for the championship instead of just two – remember – Oh, it used to be two teams. The two best teams got the play watch for the championship. I don't know if you remember yeah. that. And that's how it was for a long time. AP poll voted it. Then the BCS, a couple other things in the meantime that used to decide the two teams in. But now we get four teams. As a product of that, we have teams that are not going to risk anything. They can lose one game and still be one of the four teams voted in if they win their conference. So a weekend like this before conference play starts – no one's going to play anyone, and I don't blame them. It's a smart decision. Everybody wants to see it go eight teams. If you go eight teams in the playoff, it's going to get even worse, Woj. You're not even going to get that one Auburn-Oregon game at the beginning of the season. Again, I'm not an advocate for more playoff teams, and I'm quite the contrarian. I think this proves my point exactly. Look over that schedule, and you let me know which one of those teams went on a limb and took a risk this week to make themselves to prove themselves better in the eyes of the people. None of them, in my opinion. I like your point, Wall. And, you know, everybody counters the playoff system with the other idea of the playoff system with just adding teams. That doesn't help anything in this case. That just makes the schedule even weaker. Teams would play even weaker competition because they have a better chance now at even getting in the playoffs by not playing anybody or taking any risks. I think the playoff committee here just needs to be better, right? (laughs) I don't disagree with you. They've gotten it wrong. Most of the years that they've been doing it, in my opinion. So I don't disagree with you there. I don't even think they should exist in the first place. But the fact that they do exist, they need to do a better job for sure. I I feel like I remember back in the bowl system when, when there's computers and algorithms doing this. Wouldn't that just be smarter? Well, I don't know. They're pretty smart. They got their people. Hey, you have this correlate or this affiliation with this team. So you sit out, you get out of the room and you don't talk. How do you think that actually plays out when they're in those meetings, Woj? I, I don't think it plays out the way they tell us. Yeah, I wish one of these days they would just, you know, let us in on a meeting and just actually see how it goes. Fully broadcasted meeting, see what happens. There would probably be some firestorms after that. But nevertheless, it would be at least I want to know how they're doing this. Like, why why isn't there computer interaction? What, what, what is the point of not using computer interaction? And why, why are we continuing to get these teams playing, not taking risks and getting into the playoffs? I just don't understand. I, 
there's a new system that needs to be done or a change in the current system because it just doesn't work and adding more teams to the playoff isn't the answer at all. That just adds more money to revenue and TVs at the end of the season. Well, I like your point. They should really open it up, let us know what they're thinking, and let us know the exact reasons they're thinking. We should get an insider look, kind of like you and I do every week. When you're going through your daily fantasy football team, you're not just telling the people, hey, these are the players. You're telling them why. You know what I'm talking about, Woj? I do. I do. Speaking of daily fantasy wall, I have a couple picks I want to give to you. Well, I'm ready. Give them to me. I need to make some money this week. All right. So those of you that are playing Friday, uh, I found a wide receiver that I really like. Um, and this is going to scare some people. But Desmond Patton. Wide receiver for Washington State. And the reason that scares a lot of people is Washington State likes to spread the ball a lot. Desmond Patton's been getting a lot of points. And right now, he is overvalued on FanDuels and very undervalued on DraftKings. He is 9,100 on FanDuels, 5K only on DraftKings. Probably the most undervalued wide receiver in the DraftKings slate for Friday. It's only a three-game slate. You know, he's already got a TD, 175 yards. He's pretty good value at 5K, especially with the fact that, they, you know, they're always passing. He's always got a chance to catch it. They're playing Houston. It's going to be a sling show. It's going to be an Ohio over-under game. So I would like to take a look at him. I, I want to give him a try on a roster. I don't like the three-game Fridays, but I might have to try it one or this uh this weekend. One other thing I want you guys to stay away from, or you probably steer away from if you can, are the UNC running backs, and they're cheap. Um, just because they haven't produced very well, and like we talked about earlier, Wake Forest has given up a lot of yards in the air. Let's uh, let's play off of that, like I'm sure Mac Brown will, and probably not going to get much use out of those running backs. And if they do, they're probably going to spread it around to the three running backs they have. So I'd be wary about taking a UNC running back in those Friday games. Saturday, well, that's a whole other story. I'm all in. I kind of like the DraftKings lineup I made. I'm not fully set on it yet, but I do like some of my picks. I'm going to say my value pick of the week is going to be Nate Stanley, and that's a value pick only on DraftKings. Um, it's more of an overvalued on FanDuels. He's 9,000 on FanDuels, only 6,000 on DraftKings. And now for that discrepancy, I know it's bigger than usual. If they're 2,000 more than the DraftKings, that's usually about the same value on FanDuels just because of the extra money and less people. So he's 3,000 more, which is way overvalued in my mind. Um, I was been passing a lot more this season, while 58 attempts in two games. He's got six touchdowns in two games. At 6K, that's value right there, value. So you know that Iowa doesn't score a lot of points, but 6K, he's thrown six touchdowns. If he gets a couple touchdowns in that game, he's well worth the 6K wall. Another guy, Elijah Collins, running back, Michigan State. He's 7,200 on FanDuel's. FanDuel's figure this one out. And DraftKings, he's 3K, the minimum. He's a sleeper pick, for sure. He's probably a value pick on FanDuel's. He's a sleeper pick on DraftKings. He is slated to be the starter after a great game last week versus Michigan or Western Michigan. D'Antonio changed up the, the kind of game plan uh, between that first week against Tucson where they struggled. 
They went more to a ground game. They put Elijah Collins in there, and they took off, and he did great. He averaged 11.3 yards on the ground per carry last week. Um, listen, and I also took a running back last week at 3,000 from Nebraska. Maurice Washington ended up with 32.5 points. So I'm on a roll here. I kind of like this. If he pulls out some points, I'm just going to keep trying to find those $3,000 DraftKings running backs and just keep rolling with that. Uh, another pick is, this is expensive. A lot of people aren't going to like this, but Justin Fields. I've had him in my roster every week, and he doesn't disappoint. He's been getting his value in his his dollar amount. It's probably going to be a little tougher this week because they're not they're playing a little tougher opponent in Indiana than what they have been. But he's 9,200 on DraftKings. I think he's my best play pick for sure. He averages 34.8 points a game. He's got a 76% completion rating. Wall 76% so far. That is quite high, Woj. Quite high, if I do say so myself. And on top of that, he's a dual threat quarterback, so he's getting the full touchdown points for running it in and passing. He's got six passing TDs and three running TDs. Uh, huge upside again this weekend. They're playing Indiana. He's going to be playing the whole game. They're going to be slinging it, uh, showing the Big Ten what they can do. So Justin Fields for sure. My DraftKings lineup, I'll just kind of go through it. This is kind of what it looks like right now. But at my quarterback position, I'll have Justin Fields from Ohio State. At the running back, I'll have Elijah Collins from Michigan State and Anthony McFarland from Maryland. Maryland's been putting up tons of points, tons of points, playing Temple this weekend. And they're going to, if they keep rolling, I think they could put up more points. And Anthony McFarland's a big part of that offense as a running back. He's been making a lot of points. So Anthony McFarland from Maryland. My wide receivers are Chris Olave, sorry, Chris Olave from Ohio State, just to kind of match up with Fields. He's been passing it to him a little bit, just looking for him to pop off this game, and I have his quarterback there. I have Tylen Wallace from Oklahoma State, probably one of the best wide receivers in the nation right now. He's expensive on DraftKings, but he's been scoring upwards of 38 points a game, and that's huge from a wide receiver. Amir Smith Merced from Iowa. I'm taking an Iowa boy, Wall, and I'm going to match him with guess who? Who am I going to match him with, Wall? <laughs> I hope you're going to say Nate Stanley, but I don't know where you're going. Nate Stanley. Oh, I'm put flexes. Nate Stanley in the super flex as a quarterback oh. and Amir Smith Merced as a wide receiver combo. If you don't remember a couple years ago in Ames, those two combined for two touchdown passes in um, Amir Smith-Marset popped off, and that was back when Iowa had tight ends, and they don't have very many good tight ends right now. So they've been passing it to him a lot. He's been getting a lot of points. He's kind of undervalued on DraftKings, so I'm looking for him to pop off. I'm going to take advantage. I know that's kind of a risky pick because Iowa doesn't score that many points, but I feel like those guys can connect a couple times and be huge and big points because a lot of people aren't going to have them. In my last flex spot, I'm going to take a wide receiver. I'm going to play take Henry Ruggs from Alabama. And uh, hopefully Alabama pops off and passes the rugs. It's kind of a – they got so many court receivers over there with Jerry, Judy, and everybody. But if uh, rugs can get the ball a couple times, that'd be big. Well, it's tough for our listeners. Obviously, they're probably driving or doing whatever, and they can't visualize this. But to me, it seems like looking at what you just said, I've got this written down so that I can put these guys in my roster. But it seems like taking Elijah Collins is really helping you being able to afford someone like Justin Fields and Henry Ruggs. Is that correct, Woj? Yeah, for sure. And and Tylen Wallace, like my three three most expensive players, Justin Fields, Tylen Wallace, and then Henry Riggs in that order. 
and it just it, it alleviates some of that stress of trying to find those you know find multiple sleeper wide receivers or you know just crap shoots essentially this gives me a chance of hey I got a running back that's going to be starting he's scoring some points he's doing fairly well now I can I can throw some of that money into more secured wide receiver spots um, and it's just it makes it easier especially picking so we'll see I, again Mir Smith Marset in the Nate Stanley pick is kind of a crapshoot just because Iowa traditionally doesn't score a lot of points uh, Sargent, their running back, has been doing fairly well. So um, when Nate Stanley has been passing it, he has been passing to Smith-Marset more often. So we'll see if that can continue into the game day national televised game here. Another bonus is you're going to get to watch at least two players of yours their whole game. That'll be exciting too, Boach. Probably doesn't happen yeah, all the I'm, time. Yeah, I'm pumped. I'm pumped for that game. I'll, <laughs> I have my eyes glued already, and I'll even glue them even more. So. Well, Woj, I wish I was as confident as you this week with my sports betting. I'm, I'm really not. I might have to put a little more on DraftKings than I do in my sports book normally because I'm just not liking a lot of the games this week, and I don't like the value. I don't see any value in them. Last weekend, though, that, that was a different story, Woj. We got Coastal Carolina with the win outright, plus 240. Plus 240, yeah. Woj. I bet you I lottery bet you, picks. Remember those lottery picks you talked no, about? No, no, no. This, this is not a lottery pick. This was knowing it. This was knowing it and putting money on it. I'm betting your alum friend is pretty happy with a win too over Kansas. No, Woj? Oh, for sure. Oh, for yeah. Coastal huge win over Kansas there. Well, I wish he'd listen to me. I don't know if he did or not, but I told him to put the house on it. If he put his house on it, he'd have three and a half houses, Woj. Three and a half houses to his name right now because that was a big win for Coastal Carolina upsetting Kansas. I, I really enjoyed watching them play and showing Kansas that they're not as good a team as they think they are. But this week, I, I really don't see the value in the games. I mean, there's a couple of them maybe, but I think this week you have to implore, if you're just an average better, you have to implore your best strategy, your only advantage over the sports books, and that's that you don't have to make a bet. If you don't see value, you don't have to make a bet. Sports books, on the other hand, they're they're a business like any other business. They need to generate revenue and they need people betting. But as a you know, let's say you're an average better, just stay away. You don't see value, stay away. You don't have an advantage, stay away. This is your option. This is your benefit. For those of you that just can't do it, you know, I'm, I'm sure we got a couple of fans like that, right? Well, just listen to our show. There's at least a couple of them, I guarantee you. But for those that just can't get away from it, there is a couple games I guess you could look at. You got. Western Michigan out of the MAC giving Georgia State out of the Sun Belt nine points at home. The over/under in that game is 69 and a half. Combination of Georgia State probably getting respect for their win against Tennessee, and also Western Michigan got crushed by Michigan State. That's probably where the line is and why it's there. But it opened at 11, climbed up to 11 and a half, then it dropped back down to nine, nine points. That's 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 a bit of a move up and then back down. Western Michigan last year won the game 34 to 15. Much more experience on Western Michigan's roster this year. Maybe wait to see if you can get a little more out of it. The line is moving. Look at the first half line also. It's, you know, it's given seven out of the line for a minus nine game. That's 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 quite out of the line if you ask me. Um, another game, maybe look at Stanford traveling to UCF, getting nine. That's a lot of points for a group of six team to give to a power five I, I don't know the last time I saw that but that's a group of six team giving a power five team nine points 
Again, Stanford, not really proven. UCF obviously thinks they're the best team in the nation. They celebrated their national championship win two years ago, was it, Woach? They celebrated their national yep. championship win two years ago. Those national champion UCFs, they're going to trounce Stanford, I guess. Uh, I don't know. Something to look at, though. If I had to take a game, I'd probably take this one this week. Charlotte 49ers giving UMass 20. Charlotte scoring a lot of points. Spread moved. It was 18 and a half on the open. Now Charlotte's giving 20. I might have to jump with the with the public, take those, give those points, and take the 49ers. Um, Arizona Tech over 77, opened 74 and a half, jumped to 78. Now it's back down to 77. Something to look at. Arizona scores a lot of points. Texas Tech scores a lot of points. Arizona has no defense. Texas Tech has no defense. Something to look at. It's a late game, though. It's going to be tough to bet because I like to watch them, and I can't stay up till 2 or 3 in the morning. I, I got a couple friends that can. I don't know. Do you stay up and watch those games, Woj? No, that's too late for me. Well, there is a game I like, and I won't bet it, though. And it's just because I never bet on Iowa. It's just a rule of mine. Uh-oh. But I was given two in Ames. And I like the Iowa offense and defensive lines versus a lackluster and young offense and defensive line from Iowa State. And I think that's where that game is won and destroyed, especially on defense from Iowa. They're going to get to Brock Purdy, and he's going to not be a happy camper at the end of the day. What do you think? You know, I, I think it's tough. Obviously, Iowa's on paper. What they've done so far is a much better team. Um, you got the game in Ames, so that's Ames – you know, home field advantage for Iowa State, that's three points right there. So really it's Iowa getting five and, you know, well, it's a rivalry game. So you don't know how they adjust for that. But I just think that Iowa is the better team. There's no way like you, I make a rule. I don't really bet on Iowa. I bet on them once a year. When I do bet on them, you guys will definitely hear about it. But I make a rule of not to doing it. The game started at minus one, minus one for Iowa State, Woj. The, the favorite flipped. So I really don't know. If I had to pick one, I'd agree with you. I was the better team on paper, and that's all you can really go off of. Last week, Wall, I lost again. And (laughs) those half points sting. Let me tell you. You got robbed. Yeah, that was not fun. I I thought the Texas plus six and a half was a lock. I was wrong. It was not. Um, Those half points sting for sure. But I am now two and zero, or zero and two. I'm sorry, and you are now two and zero with your Georgia Tech under scored 25. <laughs> yeah, under 61 and a half, and the total score was 25, which I, I I won that one pretty good. But that's Georgia Tech, and I wish they were playing this week because I'd probably do the same thing. Georgia Tech just take the under, but they have a bye this week, so instead instead I'm gonna have to go North Carolina plus three. I had to get that in there before you to make sure I did. I was thinking about that all day. I was like, I like that game. It's a different kind of game. It's an, it, they, they, it's almost like they call it an out-of-conference game, even though essentially they're in the same conference, just on different sides. But I don't know. I, I, I looked at another game. I kind of like it. I want the Houston plus 9.5 versus Washington State. It's the Cougars versus Cougars, Wall. There can't be two Cougars. Only one. <laughs> Houston takes this plus 9.5. Well, Houston covers. I'm sure you mean Woj because I don't think they're taking this game by any means. Yeah, I don't think they win right? the game either. But, oh, yeah, okay. it's going to be a slingshot. Uh, people throwing it left and right. There's You got King on one side. Uh, it's going to be 
a pretty offensive showdown, I believe. But I think Houston holds it tight enough and plays a decent amount of defense to hold Washington State down a little bit. But uh, I like Houston nine and a half into this weekend. Hey, that's as good as pick of any. And I think everyone's healthy in that game, which is more than we can say about the other games, which kind of brings us into fantasy football for this week. Somebody I want to bring up for fantasy football, Jacob Copeland, wide receiver for Florida. He's uh, I think he's going to have a good week, Woj. And he's probably someone if you got a, you know, if you got a, uh, like our league is a little, a little smaller. We don't have every single team from every single conference available. We just have a few conferences, which we brought up a couple times. But uh, in our league like ours, Jacob Copeland's going to be a great pickup. Kadarius Tony is out with a shoulder injury, got hurt last game. I actually, he was on my fantasy football team unfortunately, but he's hurt. Jacob Copeland's going to step up. You were mentioning before about people not liking Washington State receivers because they spread the ball so much, if I'm not mistaken, right, Woj? Yeah, yeah, but... Okay, because this this Florida team is kind of like that, but it's kind of the same line of thinking that they throw it enough that Tony is still going to get catches, even though they spread it out, similar to what you were saying about Washington State, He's still going to get some catches. They're playing Kentucky this weekend, who gave up an average of three touchdowns in their first two games. And those are two MAC teams. You know, I don't want to rip on the MAC, but that's two MAC teams they're giving up three touchdowns against. I think Florida's going to be able to put up some points. And I think Jacob Copeland, wide receiver out of Florida, is a good pickup for someone that needs a wide receiver. Another guy, Wall, we already talked about him. He's in my lineup for DraftKings. Elijah Collins, the running back from Michigan State University, getting that start as the number one running back for Michigan State after an underperforming Connor Haywood gets pulled and, you know, Collins had a good good week last year. I think I, it was 11.3 yards on average on the ground. It's, it's a huge amount. Um, and D'Antonio said looking to get the run game more involved, and he did last week. He, he kept his word. Now And now going forward, I think he might be a decent running back. Probably no one has him. Um, in our league, it is surprising. Somebody does have him. Um, was picked up recently though, but I mean, just, just keep an eye on it. Just one of those guys to fill in a spot if you need to. Thanks for listening, everyone. You can catch us on Twitter at WWCFB. Our Instagram's college underscore football underscore rundown. Our website, which you can get all our podcasts and information and contact me and Kyle on is collegefootballrundown.com. Thanks again for listening, everybody. I'm Woj. I'm Walt. And this was the College Football Rundown. We're out. <laughs>